So I want to share about how I overcame fear, and it's really tied with uh, my testimony about how I got saved. Um, and if there's one main thing I want you guys to take away from this is really a deeper understanding of this verse I'm going to read. It's 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with it. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. I'm going to repeat that one more time. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. So I'm going to take you back to the night before I got saved. And um, the night before I got saved, I was at work and I opened up to a coworker and just kind of told him about everything that was going on in my life and how it was all crazy. And he asked me something. He said, do you know who Jesus is? And I just kind of blew him off. I was like, yeah, the guy on the cross. You know, I didn't believe. I didn't really care. They didn't want to believe. All I knew of Jesus as is some guy on the cross. But he looked me dead in the eyes and he said, no, do you really know who Jesus is? I kind of got knocked by, back by that question because I couldn't answer that honestly and say yes because I didn't. And then he told me, he said, ask him to come into your life and you'll know him. I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, okay, yeah, we'll see. The next morning I woke up and that question was blowing up in my mind. Do you know Jesus? Ask him to come into your life. And at that time I was very depressed. I woke up and I went to the bathroom and I was just crying and sobbing to myself. And I knew I had to ask him. I mean, I had no other choice at that time. And I asked Jesus, I said, Jesus, if you're real, I want to see your face. Again, I don't believe this stuff. Honestly, at that time, I thought all Christians were a little crazy. But um, I just asked him, I want to see your face with all the faith I had at that time. I asked Jesus, and I waited, and I didn't see nothing. I was so heartbroken. I was like, man, I thought he was going to reveal himself. I asked the second time, and when I asked him, I said, look, Jesus, if there's one time for you to come through, this is that moment. If you are real, I need to know right now, more than any other moment, this is the moment. I asked the second time, and I said, if you're real, I want to see you with my eyes. I want to hear you in my mind, or I want to feel you in my heart. I waited. I'm looking at the wall, hoping his face just seeps through the wall or something. Nothing happened. I was so heartbroken at that time. I was so angry at Jesus and the idea of Christianity. I was, I, yeah, I was pretty much cursing the idea and just totally threw it all away. Fifteen seconds later, my life completely changed. At that time, I had no peace. My mind, there was so many spirits screaming in my mind with each other, with me, and I didn't really know what to do. I had zero peace. All the anxiety and all the stress and all the depression I was facing at that very moment, it was like Jesus came through and spoke to the storm, and it was just a wave of peace. And I've never felt that in my life. I sat there, Jesus, like, is this you? I was blown away by that peace, and I just sat there, and the next thing I heard was these seven words that changed my life. I heard him say, I love you, and I forgive you. I love you, and I forgive you. That's all it takes. I just heard that and my life completely changed. At that moment, I just cracked open. I cracked open and just cried before God in full abandonment. And I just accepted him in my heart. But I want to tell you how this all came about. How did this all begin? Well, first of all, I wasn't raised in the church, so I didn't really know about Jesus. I, I didn't know much about him except what other people told me and what I heard and 
uh, that kind of built up with a lot of lies. And um, the second thing is I got into drugs at a young age. Around 13, I picked up weed and started smoking weed and escalated to cigarettes, then it escalated to alcohol, then it escalated to pills to where every day I was getting high and drunk and at home I was just kind of sitting totally gone. Throughout my middle school though, I had a bad addiction to stealing. I was stealing from any and everyone pretty much and just to support my habit and just because I liked the rush. And then in high school, things got a lot worse towards the end of high school. I got into a relationship with someone and I started having sex and then uh, my senior year in high school, I started to sell drugs to people and got extremely violent to the point where I was actually trying to kill someone. In February 2012 though, things got really, really bad. I was full-on depressed. Uh, I didn't know what to do, and I actually tried to kill myself multiple times, and by the grace of God, that did not happen. Thank you. What happened, though, is I dug myself into a deep demonic hole. I was getting involved with a lot of bad things, a lot of bad spirits, and just went to a really bad and demonic place, and this is where things got really crazy, is when I started seeing and hearing demons all the time. This is what I couldn't comprehend. I didn't know what to say. Uh, they would either knock on my window. I'd actually see them. Uh, they'd talk to me. They'd hit my walls. I'd hear them walking around me all the time. Uh, I actually saw more spirits at that time than I did people. So I knew something was weird, but all I really knew was, oh, it's just in your head. That's what everyone told me. That stuff's just in your head. That's not real. That's in your head. Um, and I couldn't pro properly function. I couldn't even get, like, a cup of water without, like, almost losing it. Uh, so my thoughts were totally gone. So many spirits were talking to me at that time. And I became extremely paranoid to another extent. Uh, I was literally pretty much afraid of everything. You name it, I was afraid of it. I was afraid of keys. I was afraid of signs. I was afraid of uh, the biggest thing I was afraid of, which doesn't make sense, is street lights. Because I thought they were following me. The whole perception that everything is following me to grab me, to take me to another dimension and torment me to where I'd never be able to come back. Um, so it was a massive anxiety and fear that I was facing throughout the whole time that I was in that situation. One situation I do remember out of all of that was I do remember one time when I was driving home, there was a goat head that actually popped out out of my lap and looked me in the face. And when I was driving on the freeway, all I saw was a goat and the horns kept going. It didn't end. And it wasn't smiling. It was grinning. Smiling makes you feel comfortable when someone does that. This was uncomfortable. So I knew this wasn't right, and I, right after I saw that, I had an overwhelming, overwhelming sensation of, you got to kill yourself right now. So I'm driving on the freeway, and it took every ounce of my energy not to total my car right there. I'm just squeezing the wheel like, just drive straight. You don't want to do this. Just drive straight. And everything was saying, turn left, crash into the wall, or turn right and kill all those people. The biggest thing, though, that I did remember I was facing was the spirit of fear was visiting me for three months. For those three months, I would wake up exactly at 4 a.m., and when I woke up at 4 a.m., I didn't know anything. I just kind of woke up like, oh, okay. Woke up like clean woke up, fully aware, fully awake, and I'd look in the corner of my wall, uh, room, and I'd see someone standing by the wall so tall, he had to duck just to stand in my room. And it didn't look like someone scary. It wasn't anything, you know, like what people would imagine. Just someone from about chest above. And he was ducking, just standing in my room. Wasn't saying nothing. Wasn't doing nothing. He was just standing there. But the feeling I had was beyond 
anything I would ever want anyone to ever imagine. I mean, I was being tormented throughout the day. It made that seem like a cakewalk. It literally felt like I was being strangled to death the whole time. I could feel like, I don't know if you've ever felt like you were dying before, but when you're about to die, you got like, you just want to claw to life. Any little bit of ounce that you can get of hope, it was taking it away from me. And so I remember that constantly for that three months and just the overwhelming sensation that, hey, I'm about to like die. And at that time, like I said, I really didn't believe in God. I actually cursed the idea of it. I threw it away. I did not like God. From what everyone portrayed in my life of who God was, I was like, that's not someone I want to know. And if he's letting all this happen, I definitely don't like him. Um, But after meeting Jesus, let me tell you, after meeting Jesus, everything changed. It wasn't just my perception. Literally, all the spirits left. I didn't ask them to leave either. That was the thing. When I met Jesus and I felt his love, his love and his power are one. They're not separate. And when I felt his love, I was like, okay, if someone loves me this much and is this powerful, he would never let that thing hurt me. He would never let that thing touch me. He would never let that thing do anything bad to me. So I would always look at that spirit. I literally would look at the spirit of fear in the face and tell it that it has to leave. I wasn't suggesting it. I was telling it to leave. And all the other spirits that were around me, I was never told we had authority. I just felt what I got from God, and I said, this thing's got to go. See, a lot of Christians tolerate fear, and that's the one thing I really don't like. A lot of us just kind of tolerate it. We don't tolerate it. We're not asked to tolerate it. So every time I saw that, I was like, I don't have to tolerate you being here. I'm telling you to leave. And after that, all the peace and joy and love I felt, I, don't, I just love telling people I love them. I don't know why. I was like, I love you, I love you. I just love telling people I love them. And the peace I felt was something I've never felt before. And actually, since that day, I've been sober ever since. I've never abused drugs. I've never smoked since then. Yeah, thank you. And ever since then, like I said, I've just been living a clean life and... Um, Is it okay if I pray for everyone? I feel like I should pray for everybody real quick. Okay. So if everyone can just put their hands in front of them. Thank you for your presence, Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Spirit, and thank you for the fire that you bring with that. I just break off all ideas, all torments. I don't ask them. I tell them to leave right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I break off all depression. I break off all anxieties. I tell all those little spirits right now to leave. If you come back, you're going to come and face another uh, black eye, and you're going to leave even worse than when you came. So all of you guys, all those spirits, leave right now in the name of Jesus. And thank you for the presence that's coming to us. Thank you for what you're flooding our hearts with, Jesus. And I just prophesy right now, whatever prison you think you might have been in, I just release you from that prison right now. I prophesy a destiny full of hope, full of truth, full of freedom, and full of life. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. I just pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.